0: Now I gotta light you on fire. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Happy opening day, everyone. Hope everyone is excited for baseball uh, to be back, and that's really going to be about the only mention of baseball this episode. It's pretty relevant uh, to everything else going on. I'm just glad that it's back, but... Uh, no, hope everyone out there is doing well. Uh, have uh, an interesting episode. Uh, this, well, not so much interesting, I guess, but, uh, got a few things we want to talk about. Uh, but we're in this, like, really cool part of the movie calendar this year. Maybe just this year, but, like, a lot of cool things are coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, so, for example, uh, there's a lot of good movies coming to theaters uh, that I'm very excited about. And for some reason, every everything seems to be dropping on April 22nd. Uh, so on April 22nd, both The Northman and um, I believe it's... Uh, uh, oh, God, what's it called? Uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent uh, both dropped. That's the Nicolas Cage movie where he plays himself uh, trying to pay off some kind of a debt. Uh, and then there's this other movie uh which i don't know if a lot of people have heard about it, but you know me being as plugged in to the movie community as i am uh or follow you know follow the stuff as, as soon as i can i think everything everywhere all at once uh that's the name of the movie i think that comes out on the 22nd nationally uh it's currently playing in select theaters i actually have already bought tickets for it uh, i'm i'm going to be seeing it at a uh, local theater uh in uh, Two weeks. That's right. I had to. It's the. It's not like the, like a chain theater. It's a independent one where, uh, like they'll they'll only have like one or two screenings a day. And I saw that it was coming up, and it's right across the street from my house. It's a fun little theater, uh, there. So I, no, I'm very excited to go see that movie. I'm like, I don't want to like hype myself up too much for it, just because like this movie is being billed as like the best movie of the twenty of like the twenty first century. I've heard. Uh, Well, I haven't seen anything that says 21st century, but I've seen a lot of critics, you know, people I follow and respect uh, and, you know, uh, often agree with, uh, they're calling it, you know, the best movie of the 2020s. Like, yeah, it's only 2022, but uh, just it's supposed to be this absolutely roller coaster kind of a movie. Um, I I saw uh, one comparison for it was that it's, uh, it will remind people of, the Royal bombs, and the fact that it'll be so unique and interesting that it'll, it's going to make a whole u- like generation of people interested in making movies, which is cool, which is really cool. Cause like, if you, like I grew up in the time where like Wes Anderson was growing up and he had such a unique visual style, uh, which we've talked about on here many at times. Um, and he's, I mean, he's just got such a, he, no one really makes movies the way he does, and you know when I was growing up, it was you know Wes Anderson was one of the names that you knew uh, because it was so easily identifiable. Like him, Tarantino, uh, you know Scorsese. All these, old well, Scorsese's a little more old school, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm either way, I'm very very excited to see it. Uh, instead of you know hyping up some things that we're gonna see. Actually, no, I want to keep doing this just because I'm on a roll. Uh, Better Call Saul is also coming out I believe this week uh, which is very exciting I've actually been uh, AMC's been running a lot of uh, reruns of Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad uh, this week and I actually so I've been tuning in for those and last night I actually tuned in and caught uh, the entire episode of Face Off which was I believe was the season 4 finale of Breaking Bad 4 or 5 the second to last season, whichever that one was uh, and that's just one of the the great TV episodes of all time, really. So uh, very excited for Better Call Saul to come back. Um, I did I did catch the last episode. Ironically, when I was just channel surfing, I caught the last episode of the last season, uh, which was awesome. Um, but it was a nice, like, refresher. It was like, oh, yeah, like, this is happening. So Better Call Saul is back. Uh, can't wait. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's talk about some movies. So uh, movies I did watch uh this week not a, not a huge list we're, we're going to be talking about three this week uh but the featured movie um this week's ep- uh episode is going to be Four Brothers uh which I feel like we've talked about before I'm not sure if it was in rapid fire reviews I know we haven't done an entire episode on it but it, it Four Brothers has at least been mentioned uh in at some capacity uh you know here on the show at some point point. and I think that okay what I love about Four Brothers is that it's it's completely aware of itself and like I enjoy this movie just as much as I do now as I did when it came out almost fifteen or over fifteen years ago at this point. Four Brothers is a very old movie. It came out in two thousand five. Uh, like I remember, damn! I mean, I remember going to the movies with my mom and like seeing trailers for brothers i was like whoa i want to see that because 2005 i think i'm like 13 or something like that so i i mean i was all you know giddied up for it but i uh, didn't see it in theaters i this is uh, you know another one of the tnt we know drama hall of famers uh you know those movies where it's just constantly on tnt whether it's like a you know, weekend afternoon, Friday, Saturday night. Uh, you know, Four Brothers was <laughs> it was always on. Like it w- when you know Shawshank wasn't on or Saving Private Ryan wasn't on. Uh, you know, it's a good, breath Four Brothers uh, was on there. There, you know, and, and for good reason. It's a it's a great, just kind of turn your brain off kind of movie. Um, it's you know it's not it was never going to win any Oscars. It's a simple you know very simple uh concept for a story uh you have four adopted brothers uh whose uh, mother's gunned down and they you know start invest they start their own investigation uh, into the streets of detroit as to who would who would have killed their mother uh the cast consists of mark Wahlberg, uh tyrese gibson andre 3000 uh garrett headland uh play the the four titular brothers uh, then the cast also includes a lot of uh, a lot of great character actors and uh you know arguably leading actors uh that you might these were like not early-ish roles but you know roles that, that like they that hadn't really broken in yet uh like Terrence Howard, Josh Charles, Sophia Sophia Vagara, uh, uh Chwetel uh, P. Henson. Uh there's a bunch of other character actors you might uh recognize in there from other films. Uh, but this is a great, <laughs> great movie with a really fun cast. Um, just a, it's from director John Singleton. Uh, he did Boys in the Hood, uh, who I believe passed away, 2019 uh, actually. So, uh, I think at the time he was the youngest uh, for Boys in the Hood. He was the youngest person ever be nominated, I think, for best director. Uh, Damien Chazelle since won. I don't know if he was. No, I think he was older than John Singleton when he was nominated, but he won, so he was the youngest person to win. So uh, that was for La La Land. Uh, but anywho, uh, so Four Brothers, uh, you know, like I said, kind of an action, uh, you know, revenge thriller uh, kind of a movie. Uh, Mark Wahlberg plays like the the you know the bad boy <laughs> uh, brother who's uh, you know grew up. Uh, on the streets of Detroit was, you know, constantly getting fights, couldn't stay out of trouble. He's an ex-convict at this point, and he's, of course, you know, willing to stop at nothing to find the person who murdered his mother. Uh, Tyrese Gibson kind of plays, like, a comic relief uh, kind of role, but he's also, you know, know, he's stayed in Detroit. He's, uh, I believe he's a Marine. He was an ex-Marine or something like that. Um, You know, he gets a lot of the great bits in the movie. Whether it's the one-liners or you know the uh, the ongoing uh, bit about him and uh, Sophia Vergara, who they're in a relationship together, and you know all the brothers hate her. <laughs> um, Andre three thousand, also known as Andre Benjamin, uh, plays Jerry. He's the kind of he's the oldest and like the the straight arrow one, uh, but he's got you know a different kind of sketchy background. You know his is more like insurance and claim. Uh, you know. Y- it it's more like white collar crime uh so to speak uh then you have garrett headland uh who is he's interesting so i think he garrett headland did well for starters he plays uh jack who is uh kind of like the the black sheep uh so to speak among the you know among these four uh he's the youngest he's some kind of a musician or an artist or something uh and you know, basically, you know, Mark Wahlberg's character is always ragging on him. I think he's gay, uh, and Mark, you know, Mark Wahlberg's always calling him a bunch of homophobic things. So, uh, but yeah, Garrett, I think he, he did four brothers and Friday Night Lights. I think came out the same year. No, a year apart. Friday Night Lights was four Yeah, Garrett Hedlund has uh, he's had an interesting career because I feel like he's like he's ha- he's been a leading man or had prominent roles on a lot of good movies, but like his career has never really taken off as an individual. Uh, I think he's like, like Garrett Hedlund, like it's a name. You may know, like if you're into the, like if you're into movies as much as I am, you probably know the name, but like, if you didn't, you probably know the face, but because like, he's like, I mean, he's been in enough of the, like enough of these movies where like he teeters on the, like, it, like he's definitely not a leading man, but he's probably more than a character actor. Like he's too good looking to be a g <laughs> to be a character actor. Uh I mean, like looking at his uh filmography here, Tro- Troy was his first movie. Uh Friday Night Lights uh was his first, uh was, you know, was a second. They both came out in two thousand four, and then this is his third movie, uh, in two thousand five. And then after that, you know, he's in Aragon, uh, Georgia Rule, Tron Legacy in two thousand ten, which is kinda like his big first like, you know, he's the lead of the movie. Uh, Like, they're putting a franchise on this guy's shoulders uh, kind of of a film. Um, And then, oop, I axed out of it. Uh, But, like, he never, that was supposed to be, like, his big, like, okay, like, you know, Garrett Hedlund's, you know, here kind of, but it just never really happens. Uh, You know, he does On the Road, he does Inside Lewin Davis, uh, Unbroken, mojave pan i mean mudbound which i think he did he get some recognition for that no he's never really been nominated for anything but yeah like he he keeps he's been in good projects uh triple frontier uh 2019 that was a netflix movie with uh ben affleck garrett well i said garrett Hedlund. uh what the guy from sons of anarchy Charlie Helnham, thank you on Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal so I don't know he's he's had an interesting career uh that's for sure, but I've always liked him as an actor you know four brothers Friday night lights uh you know two really really great movies uh that I've seen many many times uh peace so uh but but anyway, I mean this movie is um it's it's got great humor in it uh you know humor that probably doesn't really fly today uh, i think you know some of that's also probably why we don't see it on you know tv as much as we did when i was a kid um uh, you know yeah a lot of a lot of racist and homophobic stuff uh, in the you know in, in this movie sense of humor um and you know it's even funnier when you learn when you go back and learn that like Mark Wahlberg uh, improvised most of his lines and he's the one spewing out most of the you know the harsh stuff um excuse me um yeah i mean it, that's i mean that stuff doesn't really bother me like you know it was a different time like this movie like it's nostalgic to me of i mean i don't know it's funny i don't know when the last time i saw this movie Without the t v yet it was I honestly don't know if I ever have because like I don't own it I don't really recall it ever being on streaming services. i mean it's on Netflix right now, so like I'm sure it has been in the past um but like it's just it's it's been on t v so many times so it's like I don't know it, like it's the kind of thing where it's like I've seen the movie I've seen the end of the movie you know dozens of times. But the lead up to it, like I always jump into the movie at like a different part (laughs) uh, of the movie, so it's like I don't I don't really always get to see the beginning uh, of the film, and I I truly don't know if before I think I watched this Friday night if before Friday night I had actually ever seen the unedited version of this. Now, granted, I'm not missing much. Like the only thing that's edited out is uh, you know essentially just language. It's honestly not that like. It's not that bloody of a movie. Uh, I mean, yes, like, you know, it's there's a lot of violence uh, in it, but it's not, like, graphic, you know, whatever. Uh, it's mostly just people getting shot at. Um, and then... But at the same time, it's like, I don't really care, because it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just... I, I was so excited to see it on Netflix, and, like, Friday night, uh, you know, I, I had to place uh, to myself uh, for the weekend... Uh, for, uh, for the night... And I was like, you know what, like, I don't, I'm not really in the mood to, you know, check out a brand new movie. I, I You know, I don't really want to get too, too invested in something. I just kind of want to turn my brain off, just enjoy, you know, I had a long week. I was pretty tired. Uh, and all of a sudden, Four Brothers pops up, uh, you know, for it's, it was number one on Netflix that day. And I was like, you know what? Perfect. Like, it, <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted. Uh, I was you know, just watching something familiar. And you need to do that every now and then some movies you see, uh, you enjoy, but you know that you're never going to watch them again. And then some movies are meant to be seen time after time, after time. And four brothers is one of those movies. Um, I mean, like we, we talked about it, uh, when we were originally doing the show, uh, with the original idea, which was when I was just going through my DVD collection, uh, like, there's some movies in the in my collection, like, that was only, like, the second or third time I had ever watched them. Uh, Four Brothers is a movie that, I honestly, probably should be in the collection. I've seen it so many times uh, at this point, but I've also seen it so many times because it was always on TV uh, when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, where I went to school in Michigan, uh, you know, Michigan State, go green. Uh, and the, the movie takes place in Detroit. I feel like a lot of people in like at school loved this movie and like this was they kind of talk about that movie the way that i talk about like the departed or i don't know the town or something like that uh it's just a it's a great detroit (laughs) movie so to speak um and i think eight mile actually came out the same year maybe the the year before even eight mile was yeah eight miles 2002 so that came out a little bit before this but uh, either way, so you know it was a good good round of uh, Detroit movies there for a little bit um, but, yeah, man, I mean, four brothers, it's you know a lot of memorable scenes, <laughs> a lot of a lot of great lines of dialogue, uh, a lot of which I'm not really gonna repeat on here, but um, hands down like my favorite uh, like the my favorite scene in the movie is uh you know the final fight uh where they're out on the lake um, <laughs> and like they're out on this frozen lake, and you know, for a drop off or something, like Andre three thousand's coming with this bag of money for Cho uh, Fours. and I know I'm not saying that right, and I apologize um, for his character. Victor Swede, sorry I should know the character's names by right now, so he's bringing this money for Victor and then he gets out there and he opens up the bag he looks at it and just goes, man I like the way you do business <laughs> but it's business, like B-I-D N-E-S-S bidness, bidness. <laughs> and then, but of course the whole thing is a setup uh, because this is where Mark Wahlberg's coming to, you know, avenge the death, death of his mother and uh, little Jackie, spoiler alert <laughs> but I'm hit look the movie's been on TV a thousand times at this point you wouldn't be I don't think you'd be listening to this episode if you haven't seen four brothers so apologize for the spoiler but uh who hasn't seen this movie at this point though uh like I said the movies movies it's closer to 20 (laughs) than it is to 10 so uh which is wild in itself to think about I actually want to do a deep dive on Mark Wahlberg after this um but yeah, like, uh, it's it's such a great scene. Like, uh, he's... Mark Wahlberg emerges out of nowhere. Like I said, they're in the middle of a frozen lake, and Mark Wahlberg is walking, slow-walking, slow-action movie walking by himself across this frozen lake and just times it perfectly with... Like, uh, like, in order for him to get out there when he did, he would have had to have been walking for hours <laughs> and then just emerge like it's no big thing. You know, beat the shit out of Victor Swede and, you know, dump him in the lake. Uh, it's just chef's kiss. It's perfect. It's it's an absolutely perfect scene. Uh, but anyway, yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of good dialogue uh, in this movie. It's very, you know, very fun, memorable. Uh, the You know, great some great uh, recurring bits. I love the the, you know, brand of humor uh, in this movie. I don't really like think, yeah, this just isn't a movie that it, it was very much of its time. I think, uh, you know, I just don't think I, you don't see movies like this get made anymore where it's like pure, like Saturday night entertainment, uh, stuff, you know, it's like, n- like no one's trying to win an award. They're not trying to make, a you know, any comments about like society or, you know, hold a mirror up and, you know, expose people for what they're doing. It's like, no, it's like it, there's four brothers, and they're just trying to find the guy who killed their mom. And they're gonna and they're gonna find him, and they're gonna kill him. And they do. <laughs> it doesn't get more much more simple than that. So, uh, damn, just this is just such a great fucking movie. I really really love Four Brothers. So, uh, like I said, it's on Netflix right now. Uh, if you want to check it out, so. Please do that, uh, unless it's not playing on TNT right now, which I feel like a lot of the TNT Hall of Famers haven't really been playing lately. TNT's gotten really into like sports uh, the last couple of years, so it's like weekends. Like there's not always movies playing, and uh, there's now oftentimes there's uh, you know MCU movies playing on there. So uh, the the era of the TNT we know drama Hall of Fame it's uh, it's a dying breed, un- unfortunately, but. I should. We should actually just do an entire episode about the Hall of Fame, and you know we'll have induction. You know, little jackets for them and plaques and something to say, some nice stats maybe. Uh, But anyway, uh, let's get to some did you knows about Four Brothers. Uh, Then we'll rank the movie uh, as we always do, and then I will get into some of the other movies that I watched this week. And hint, hint. There's a documentary in there which you might not see coming. Uh, All right. Next up. Well, not next up. First up, uh, the bathroom scene took two days to shoot. Uh, for 12 hours a day, Mark Wahlberg rested on his bare rested his bare bottom on a cold toilet. Garrett Hedlund stood in a hot shower, and Tyrese Gibson wore nothing but a robe. Mark Wahlberg had to be helped off the toilet at the end of each day, and Garrett Hedl- uh, Hedlund skin his skin peeled and pruned. So. What's interesting about this one was I, so I was reading the did you knows for the movie as I was watching it. Cause like I said, I've seen this movie thousands of times uh, and then, <laughs> at this point. So uh, you know, I, I knew I wasn't really missing anything, but once I rolled across this, uh, this fact, the scene, the scene, the scene in question came on and I'm watching it. and I'm like, how, like, how did this take two days to shoot? It's like, it's not that long of a scene. It's like maybe a minute, and yeah it's in a tight space but like it's not cut in a way that makes it I mean I don't see a reason that Mark Wahlberg had to sit on a toilet for 12 hours for two days that just, I, I, that just doesn't make sense to me uh, just the way they shot it but it's still funny nonetheless just one of those little filmmaking things I mean what do I know for all I know they shot it completely differently than you know how it ended up in the movie but still a funny scene uh, you know, one of my uh, favorite quotes in the movie is like, "Check this out." Garrett, Garrett Hedlund pokes his uh, head out. He's, you know, Tyrese Gibson's asking him to look at his junk for him, and she goes, "Oh, that's a rug burn." And she goes, oh, thank God." <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, uh, let's see. Uh, the shot of the mother being killed was altered. Originally, a big cloud of blood flew, flew out of Evelyn. John Singleton thought that this would be too much. For the audience to handle. Like I said before, I mean, th- this movie isn't really that graphic. Like I said, like, obviously there's a lot of violence and, you know, shooting, and so people get shot, but, like, it's not like this, like, over the top, you know, Quentin Tarantino, Django and Jane kind of shootout where it's, like, people are getting shot and, like, their bodies, like, explode. Like, <laughs> when it happens, it's nothing like that at all, really. Uh, like, there's honestly no scene in the movie that makes me like you're uncomfortable. Like I don't really think it has that like famous, like, Oh, like he's going to, you know, torture the guy and like do this scene. It's not really that kind of movie. Um, uh, but nonetheless, uh, I mean the whole movie kind of plays into that. So, all right. Uh, last one, Ethan Hawke, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck all turned down the part of Bobby. Uh, Ethan Hawke loved the script, but cannot commit to it because of scheduling conflicts. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck both said no they found the script to be ultra-violent. So I'm trying to think back to... Let's see. This was 2005. Matt Damon probably was just starting the Bourne franchise by then. Ben Affleck was at the height of, you know, Benifer Dumb. Uh, Ethan Hawke, what was he doing? He was probably doing this before, you know, like before uh, Midnight at that point. Um, but I always think it's funny, what, like, you know, seeing Mark Wahlberg... Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck all get tied to movies for each other. And usually like that's just with any Boston movie, but um, but the fact that, (laughs) I I, I don't know. It's just so funny to like look back and see these guys. Cause this is a perfect role for Mark Wahlberg, especially at that point in his career. Uh, You know, this like little scrappy tough guy, like, okay, like uh, let's, let's roll this back. So Mark Wahlberg, Uh, Around that time, the years leading up to it, he had done Boogie Nights in 97, uh, Three Kings in 99, Perfect Storm in 2000, uh, Planet of the Apes 2001, Italian Job 2003, Four Brothers 2005. So, like, I mean, he had been doing action movies. Not so much where he's, like, the badass uh, in them, but he's more just, like, in them, I guess. Uh, At that point, then, you know, he in the years following this, it it really, we start to see a a trend after this one. Uh, you know, we, so Mark Wahlberg's and four brothers, and then that turns into invincible, which turns into the departed shooter. We own the night, uh, the happening, Max Payne, uh, the other guys. Yeah. I mean the fighter, I mean, yeah, it was a great decade for Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Um, I think we've, I mean, we've talked about almost all these movies at some point, but, uh, I think, yeah, the, the Wahlberg we see in this movie is, I think, like, the, you know, an early version of the, you know, badass, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg that just wants to, you know, be the tough guy uh, in Hollywood, which, I don't know, some people don't like it, uh, I, I do, I'm a, I'm a fan uh i think when he when he when he's on he's on and when he misses he misses uh you know he's just uh he's a all all or nothing kind of guy and i think he hits more often than not i'm actually very excited to see uh, father stu uh his newest movie which is coming out uh i'll look it up here i bet it's going to be april 22nd oh no it comes out on, oh comes out next week easter uh how ironic because it's a movie about him becoming a priest uh which <laughs> it's funny i saw uh, a tweet uh, sometime this week and like it's mark if you know if you're not familiar with the movie it's uh, the movie's called Father Stew. Um, mark Wahlberg is like this uh, you know ex boxer failed actor thing uh, you know just kind of a screw up who's trying to become a priest uh, and mel gibson plays his dad uh, in the movie so and like if you watch the trailer it's very kind of like oscar Beatty, but it's coming out in april so it's not <laughs> clearly like it, it, i don't know it's clearly not going to contend for anything uh you know comes out a week from today on on this recording and i haven't seen anything in regards to some kind of a uh you know <laughs> uh, like reviews or anything like that which usually isn't a good sign um because if they were positive you know you'd see them in the commercials and stuff like that for the marketing materials um but someone tweeted out, it's just like, is, are we sure this is a real movie? Like, is, has anyone confirmed this is like actually happening? So we'll see about this one. Uh, I'm I am excited to see it. I think he does look like he's just doing a good job at it. He looks, I, I like Mark Wahlberg when he does his dramatic stuff. Um, those are, li- um, uh, I mean, yes, like I'm sure there's going to be action like elements to it, but like when you look at like the fighter and, oh God, what's another one? Um, uh, God, I said I like his dramatic stuff, and then I can't name any of his dramatic girls off the top of my head. Uh, Obviously, The Departed. uh, Well, he can do comedy too, you know, Ted, uh, the other guys, uh, things like that. Uh, Patriots Day, Deepwater Horizon. uh, That's the one I was thinking of, Deepwater Horizon. Uh, Like movies like that where, you know, he's not just like fucking people up the entire time. I actually like those movies of his, so uh, I'm excited to see that one. Uh, anyway, let's rank this movie scale of one to five hazmats, and Four Brothers gets four hazmats, one per brother. Uh, just a incredible, just an incredibly rewatchable movie. Um, you know, I think a lot of people my age, you know, probably grew up watching this like this movie on reruns. Uh, so it you know means not only a good amount to me, but others as well. Uh, I mean, I I, just, I mean, if you I. This is probably in my top 20, I think, all time, like in terms of sheer quantity, maybe even 15, possibly 10. Uh, but definitely in the top 20 as far as just like the amount of times that I've seen a movie, um, the, the bulk of it anyway. And I, it has to be up there just because of the amount of times I saw it on TV. And it is the kind of movie where it's like you see it and. You're just like, all right, well, I guess I'm watching this now. But you could also just completely feel comfortable walking away <laughs> at, a, at any point during it. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, i got two movies I want to talk about uh, before we wrap things up here. So let's get to some rapid-fire reviews. Uh, first movie I want to talk about is uh, Oculus. Uh, Oculus is currently on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a horror film uh, from the brilliant mind of Mike Flanagan. And if you're not familiar with Mike Flanagan, if you don't know the name, uh, the project that I think he's probably best associated with is the Haunting of Hill House. Uh, I know we've talked about him on here extensively in the past, because I think last fall I, I went through a Mike Flanagan kick. Uh, you know, he did Midnight Mass, Haunting of Blind um, Haunting of Blind Manor, Doctor Sleep. Um, on his film side, then he has uh, a couple other really. Uh, great movies on uh, you know kind of under the radar movies uh, out there as well uh for example gerald's game uh hush it was hush is really really fucking good i wish more people knew about that one uh but oculus uh was one of so he's been making movies since like the early 2000s but uh oculus was kind of like his first huge not huge hit but you know one of his bigger uh like kind of breakout films and then after he was done with Oculus that you know that kicks off a decade with you know with a lot of good work he goes Oculus to Hush to Before I Wake uh, to Ouija, to Gerald's Game which is where he really starts to find stride uh, Gerald's Game The Haunting of Hill House Doctor Sleep Haunting of Blind Manor uh, Midnight Mass so uh, that's all within a 10 year span of each other he's been very consistent for the last decade or so uh, and really is crazy to think about the amount of oops, I had a trailer for something by accident um, it really is crazy to think like the amount of quality content that he's put out in the last 10 years or so. Uh, and to, I mean, just to do it well, just, I love Mike Landing. He's one of my favorite guys in the, in the, in the game right now. Uh, Midnight mass is fucking awesome. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it caught on as nearly as much as like honey of uh Hill house or anything, but uh, what an incredible show. I did rewatch Hill house last fall. I think it was, uh and you know just was reminded now that like I had seen the show before because it was my second time watching it now that I had seen the show before you get to watch it with a different lens and it really is crazy like the amount of stuff uh that's going on in the background and the uh, you know subtext and things like that it's absolute bananas he's an incredible writer an incredible director an incredible editor uh, as well he edits a lot of his own stuff uh for example this movie oculus uh so oculus uh the basic premise uh is uh this fa- there's this mirror uh this haunted mirror uh that uh this family had uh when the two kids were young mom dad son daughter uh and basically the mirror it, it, it you know it's taken between two parallels. I don't want to get into it too much, but it's basically a haunted mirror. And then so there's this one timeline that follows like the kids in this house with this mirror, uh, and then just like all the things that the mirror makes the people in the in the house you know do. And then there's uh, the two kids grown up, played by uh, Karen Gillian and uh, Brandon Thwaites, and they are basically trying to prove that the mirror is haunted or something like that. And it's a it, I, like I said, I don't want to go in too too much into it uh, just because if you haven't seen it yet, I want to, you know, leave a little something for the imagination. Uh, but you know, pretty decent movie. Movie also has a, a Kate, Katie Sackoff as the, uh, the mother, uh, you might recognize her from the Mandalorian. Uh, and Rory Cochrane as the father uh who you <laughs> is it's funny'cause like his biggest role is still to this day uh slater from days to confused and i mean he's had a really good career uh you know he's been a, a consistent character actor for like thirty years um he did uh it, I, I was i was looking at his uh i m d b credits and I was like oh, he's probably been in like a hundred different things and he's done all this like crazy stuff no he's only got forty something credits. Uh, to his name, but then I realized that he was on CSI Miami uh, for a while, and he was like one of the prominent guys on that show. Uh, but no, he's a really great character actor. You might recognize him from Argo, uh, Hostels, uh, Winning Time, uh, the new Lakers series. He's the guy who plays Jerry Tarkanian. Um, that, which. Fun show, not a great show, but a fun show. <laughs> uh, I like I like basketball, uh, and I, so and I like Adam McKay and his whole style. So I'm I, I've been enjoying Winning Time. Uh, anywho, uh, Oculus, it's you know it's not the greatest movie I've seen, um, it, but it it is kind of cool to go back and see now. You know, knowing how much I like Mike Flanagan's work now, especially the stuff he's done in the last five ish years or so uh you get to go back see some of his early horror work and you start to see some of like the thematics uh that re- are you know recurring in the stuff he does now like the way he portrays ghosts they always have this like kind of like uh like shine in their eye and you start to see that one you, you start to see that like motif in these movies as well so he's like he's always showed ghosts the same way which is kind of cool uh because they are very creepy and just like the little background things he does uh, like with very subtle moments. He's a cutaway artist because uh, there's like there's jump scares which we all know what they are you know just like oh like what's the creepiest thing you could think of and then there's like it's basically a jump scare without like the sound that's just like and like it's this thing just like pops up but it's very silent. Uh, it's it's kind of creepy. Uh, it's I don't know it's it's part of a style which you I've seen in almost all of his work uh, since um, you know this movie came out and you know to be able to go back see a director you like and then go back and watch something that may not be their best thing but you start to see their style starting to develop and you know it gives you a different context it gives you some different context uh to to the movie and you know gives you a different way to actually enjoy it okay uh and last uh thing i want to talk about a uh, quick little documentary uh shout out um I think this is the second week in a row I got to talk about a documentary, so yay me. Uh, the Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story. It's on Hulu. Uh movie came out in 2018, uh, and it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's a movie about the rise of Nickelodeon uh, and like the empire it created throughout the late 80s into the 90s uh, and up until the early 2000s. Uh, so... If you grew up in the '90s, uh, it's an absolute must-watch. It's very, very cool uh, to kind of see like where the show came from. Like, it basically started off as it, you know the idea for Nickelodeon was they like it wanted to be a cable channel for kids with kids-only programming uh, because no one was really doing that at the time. Again, it was the '80s, and you know, so a lot of the shows that they started off playing were uh, just foreign shows that they got dubbed over, and they were just kind of playing in the background. But once they started getting into original programming, that's when you end up with, uh, you know, Double Dare and Dude Ranch. Clarissa Explains It All, uh, all of that. And on the animated side, uh, they go into where uh, Rocko's Modern Life, uh, Ren and Stimpy, Rugrats, uh, Doug, like where all those shows came from. And it kind of takes you through the 90s. And it, uh, it's funny because the show that, like the moment that the, the network changed, uh, and, you know, they go into a lot more stuff in the meantime, but, like, the, the moment the network changes when SpongeBob comes out, because they were always very adamant on, like, they didn't want to commercialize the shows. They wanted it to be, like, original programming. Uh, but SpongeBob, because the show is, this, you know, such a big hit as it was, you know, it's and it became this, like, staple of the show, of the station, that and the Explorer, the whole... They had to change their entire business model uh, because, they, like the because they took off, like they they were growing so fast. Uh, but I mean, they just go into so much uh, cool behind the scenes story about you know how these shows are made. You know, you, you know you hear from Keenan Thompson and Drake Bell and uh, Melissa Joan Hart, a lot of these other uh, actors that like I, I remember watching growing up, and like you see some of these uh, shows, and and. They're still funny. Like they were really, really funny. Uh, you know, they. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The sh- the, call me call me nostalgic uh, or biased or whatever. But like to be able to grow up when I did watching the shows like that that I did. Like it was very. The shows were just so creative and fun, uh, and they were very against formula, so to say. Uh, they they were the shows that made the formula. Uh, basically you know they they took these were the shows that like the you know networks experimented with uh you know nailed to a T, and then once the you know the station blew up it was just like okay like let's get all these other shows that are just replicas of this and then it'll just translate to the next generation so uh and you know if i mean i don't watch a bunch of kids programming nowadays but it's not the it's not what it used to be it just isn't um it was a, a different time, uh, but once again, if you're a '90s kid uh, and you know you were into Nickelodeon and that whole, you know, library of uh, content, uh, absolutely check it out. Uh, once again, it's called "The Orange Years: The, the Nickelodeon Story," and it's currently on Hulu, uh, so go check that out. Well, that is going to do it uh, for this week. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Um, you can find me on Twitter at at that guy Sull, uh, Sull, uh, and you can also follow the show uh, uh, at Quarantinema Pod on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. I've been I've started live tweeting out reviews from my personal account, and uh, I've just been posting to the Quarantinema stuff. So, uh, if you want to see what i have to say about certain things uh go check that out and yeah yeah (laughs) you know where to listen to it uh also spotify google podcasts apple podcasts wherever podcasts are heard really that's where you can find us Uh, so please like and subscribe go download the show that'd be awesome uh so in the meantime uh i don't know what we're going to get to next week but the week after that we're going to have a lot to talk about so very very excited uh, for that. A lot of good content coming up here in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try to absorb as much as as I can. Oh, and I, I completely forgot about Moon Knight, uh, but I'm not really going to get into it. Episode 2, a little bit of a drop down uh, from episode 1, uh, if if you ask me, but uh, still like what the show is doing. Excited to see what where it's going moving forward. Okay. Uh, now that is going to do it. So in the meantime, don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.